Welcome to From the Spot, the only podcast to ban Bud Zero from the studio. <laughs> that's because we drink real beer and not piss water that's right and in case you're joining us for the first time you discovered our youtube page and said hey i'm gonna listen to these fools like on a regular basis i'm david and over there is my co-host <clears throat> and i'm eddie and in case you haven't heard, beer is officially banned from the stadiums in Qatar, except for Bud Zero, but we're saying fuck that, we're going to do the reverse. So I'm drinking a Pacifico, because I don't drink piss water, like Eddie said. And uh, I'll be drinking tomorrow for sure, because it's Thanksgiving. That's right. And uh, since it's uh, a holiday here, Eddie, how are you feeling? Are you feeling more jolly than usual? Well, on one hand... Um, like being on vacation from work is great. On the other hand, waking up at 2 a.m. to cover these games is like we're asleep out of whack. But hey, we, we get this once every four years and we love it, even when it's held by a repressive regime. Um, so this is what this competition is basically why we do this, besides the love of the game, obviously, but. This is the showpiece, so enjoy it. That's right. All of our sponsors pulled all of the stops to make sure that we were ready to cover this competition, right, Eddie? And um, <laughs> <laughs> by sponsors, we mean ourselves, <laughs> pretty much. And to really drive this home, Eddie, uh, we actually by we, I mean you, obviously. Um, you're dropping daily reviews for all the games on our YouTube page. So make sure you hit that YouTube page yes. in our, um, link tree. So make sure you follow that. But Eddie, enough shooting the shit. How about we start talking some football and we do the house cleaning later. You down for that? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So let's start obvious in the most obvious of places here eddie um actually not even the most obvious of places because i wanted to touch on the one tiny tiny political thing i wanted to touch on this podcast um if you haven't already listened to our qatar build-up our qatar special go back and listen to it because pretty much all of our political sides are there but the one thing i want to talk about eddie before we jump into the games uh i almost forgot because i definitely want to hear your your opinion on this the UEFA captains backed out of wearing the One Love armband uh, from uh, at the World Cup, you know, fearing repercussions. They were all for doing it when they thought there was going to be no real repercussions, which didn't make it a protest at all. It just made it a, hey, here's some more awareness that we're already kind of doing by holding these press conferences. The fact that they backed out, Eddie... Obviously, they weren't really with the movement. They weren't really about the protest at the bare minimum. What's your take on that? Um, I think it is straight up bullshit. Like, look, 
like you said, when there's no repercussions, it's not really a protest. You know what I mean? And, um, <clears throat> look, uh, it was just the yellow. Like, Harry Kane can afford a yellow. He's not out here putting in tackles every time. Who's, who's the captain of Denmark? Uh, Seymour Kjart? He is a center back, so he has to put in some tackles, so, you know what I mean? But look, the, the point is, is football's for everybody. Gay, straight, non-binary, whatever. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of gay fans who are looking forward to this protest and to have the slightest minor inconvenience stop the whole thing. It has to be disappointing. Disappointing, like, I know, for example, at clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal, like, they're, because you know how everybody has banners in the stadium? Like, <laughs> I know that, that there's this one banner that says, like, gay corners or whatever, you know what I mean? And I see it over at Chelsea, too. So, those are, like, gay supporter groups, and I'm sure they have to be disappointed. But not just their captain, but all captains were like, oh, snap, we might get in trouble now, never mind. Uh, I think, uh, you know, pretty much, yeah, it is a, a disappointment, and they should have, somebody should have taken a stand, they should take a stand. There's still time, because everybody's talking the talk, but nobody's walking the walk, and I am the kind of person that does believe if you're going to, Talk about it, be about it, do about it, and if you're not, then just shut your mouth. But, speaking, of, speaking of which, David, um, I want to give a, a quick shout out to a reporter. I have her name right here. Um, Alex Scott. She looks like she's working for BBC, a sport covering the World Cup. She is a woman. She wore the armband. She's a woman, she's a reporter, you know, she has more to lose than a yellow card by doing this in Qatar, and she, um, I don't know if you can see it clearly, David, she she wore the one love armband, so props to her, props to Manchester United legend, Roy Keane, who's covering the, who's covering the World Cup. And um, had the balls to say, like, hey, this World Cup shouldn't be here. The human rights record, the, the way it treats immigrants and gays. Like, he, he straight up out here talking that talk, David. And, you know, I, I feel like if Ricky were at playing age and we're at the tournament, he'd be like, give me this shit. Like, I'm going to wear it, you know? Yeah, and shout out to Gary Lineker who also spoke out, you know, in the very beginning, back when at the opening game for the opening monologue. You know, he definitely gave a, a big mouthful, but you know, he, he mentioned the corruption, uh, starting at the bidding process, all the migrant workers who have died, the fact that homosexuality is illegal, the women rights and freedom expressions are in the spotlight. And even the whole switch he brought up from summer to winter. So I think that's, you know, great. And he called out FIFA for wanting to talk just football and not the politics behind it. So, you know, shout out to him. 
Um, want to give him some credit too. Uh, and the commentator from Germany who wore the armband and a t-shirt with the rainbow on it to go comment on the game live. Hell yeah. And David, uh, before we move off this whole thing, uh, can I just say, uh, I mean, I was a bit shocked, but I, I really guess I shouldn't be because it is FIFA that Infantino, like right before kickoff, right before Ecuador versus Qatar, or like the day before, he's like, you know, today, like, I feel gay, I feel like a migrant worker, and the, the rainy next day, he's like, you you wear that armband, like, you're getting a yellow. Bro, like, oh, I thought you felt gay, bro, like, what, what's, what's going on here, you know, so, look, look, look. The, the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, who are the next house, obviously have corruption issues and stuff. And we're, we're not saying we're perfect, but, you know, like, just Google Qatar, Google Saudi Arabia, Google all these countries and, like, look up their records and, like, just, like, I know we're all enjoying the football, but don't, don't let that cover up everything that's going on. Absolutely. And Eddie, speaking of football, let's do what we do best. Let's talk about football. We'll start at the obvious here, Eddie, the opening game. Uh, Ecuador you know, taking on Qatar, the host nation, as is tradition. Um, domination by Ecuador. I think we can both agree here, Eddie. Qatar, um, we're pretty much lucky to only get two past them. Uh yeah, I think the the Ecuador te- national team, if um, Ener Valencia would have been able to really be healthy the full 90 minutes, would have had a hat trick, um, probably more. Uh, Eddie, what's your take on, on this, um, on the scoreline at the very least as we progress here? Um, I don't, well, first off, let me just say that Ener Valencia scored bangers that game. But, uh, I honestly, I think Ecuador's going to regret it, David. Because when you play a team like Qatar, and I don't mean this in any like disrespectful way, like, you have to do what Spain did today and bang seven on them. You know, not that you're trying to embarrass the host nation, but as Ecuador, you still have to play Senegal. You still have to play... The Netherlands and you know, goal difference matters. It's it's going to matter in this group, in the Mexico, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Poland group, and probably a bunch of others. So when you play a team that you're so much better than, like you have to, Ecuador could have been up five easily. Like I, I don't know if they were like we don't want to embarrass the host. Or, like, if someone came down to the dressing room and said, but you're not fucking squirting again, you know? Um, Like, um, I'm not saying that happened, but, like, would you honestly be surprised if, like, 10 years from now, they were like, some dude came and, like, you sing your idiot other than in Arabic and said, don't fucking score anymore. Well, I think the stories after the World Cup are going to be great, just in general, (laughs) or things like that. But, um, Eddie, I think the story on the 
field was is a little too easy to cover, you know, because like you said, Ecuador could have scored five. But let's cover a couple things off the field. Um, the Qatari fans left at halftime pretty much, leaving the stadium almost empty due to the fact that Qatar was just getting dominated. You know, both goals came in the first half. We expected more goals in the second half. Does this prove that Qatar is just not a footballing nation when all of their fans will is willing to abandon the stadium at the biggest stage of the world? Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, look, with everything that's going on, all the negative press and everything, like, you as a Qatari fan, you have to show out. You have to be like, look, we know this is bad, but check out how awesome we are. And then you guys just up and left. You know, like, that's not good. And it's not like it was 5-0. You know, 2-0 is difficult to come back from when you're not good, but it's not impossible. So... That's true. And another incident that I want to highlight here, Eddie, uh, the Ecuador chance at halftime, where they're saying, <laughs> queremos cerveza. Do, um, is that from the spot approved? Oh, of course. And um, truth be told, like before you hit me up to do an episode, I was scrolling through TikTok, and apparently the Mexico fans went to the Capitol building in Doha and just chanted queremos cerveza like, for like 20 minutes. So That is amazing. And you know what? For the first time, I am going to shout out Mexico fans for doing that. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, the last incident in the stands here, Eddie, before we move on, excuse me, um, is going to be the fan with balls of steel uh, the one we've talked about where he's, you know, saying, oh, you know, corrupt, corrupt. How much did you pay for the ref? In the middle of all the Qatar fans. <laughs> and, and one of the Qatari fans starts yelling at him. And the alleged thing he said is eight pieces. Eight pieces is what we had to pay or at least threaten with, right? But uh, the guy looked shook. He was trying to explain, oh, well, I'm with my family. But number one, I think that guy fucking deserved it in all fairness. If you're going to start banter, you better expect banter back. Mm. But um, number two, the most important thing is that there was a follow-up video where they're sitting together, you know, having a good laugh, saying, hey, you know, maybe it was over the top, but football's football. We're all here to have a good time. Yes, one of the most important things of any major tournament, but especially the World Cup, is the cultural exchange that goes on. So, you know, the... Um, I really, like, want to know the authenticity of the follow-up video. Like, is it a genuine thing? Or, like, did the Qatari dude flag him and be like, you need to be in this video? Or did, like, somebody else threaten the Qatari dude and just be like, dude, you went viral for the wrong reasons? Like, you need to fix it. <laughs> so, you know? That's a good point. Um, but, hey, I like to believe that the World Cup, if the World Cup did anything positive, it's just it made an Ecuadorian and a Qatari friends. Exactly, um, yes, exactly. But Eddie, let's move on here to the next game that we're going to talk about today. England taking on Iran, who Iran, before the game, a lot of political stuff too. Um, They're pretty much right on the cusp of a revolution. Um, Players speaking out, including their captain. 
Um, but they faced England, who we touched on, right? The whole uh, One Love armband. Harry King backed out. Um, but the scoreline, Eddie, 6-2. Jude Benningham opening up the scoring. You know, Bukayo Sterling. Yeah, Raheem Sterling putting in work. Marcus Rashford scoring after coming on, which was a good go, in my opinion. Um, Jack Grealish making a six with Marie Taremi uh, getting a brace in this game. Eddie, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, look, I, I, I don't want to take away from England because when you're impressive, you're impressive, whether it's playing Iran or playing, like, a, a pub side. You know, like, if you're supposed to smash somebody, you smash somebody. Like... That's that's how it should be. So I want to shout out Jude and Bukayo because the especially Bukayo's first goal was amazing. So was Jude. I want to shout out to that boy Jack Grealish because he promised a Manchester City fan with cerebral palsy that he would do a celebration the next time he scored, which happened to be in this game, and he did it as someone with cerebral palsy. Like, that's awesome. Jack made that kid's day. Um, Jack's sister also has cerebral palsy, so I'm sure it's a cause close to his heart. <clears throat> but, like, let's put all cards on the table here, David. Like, um, I'm not saying that Iranian players, like, we're 100% focused, but could you blame them? Like, the international reports coming out of Iran are devastating. Like, they're cutting electricity in cities and just murdering people at night at will. Um, so I'm sure Iranian players are focused on family, loved ones. You know, uh, and just the general well-being of Iranians in Iran. <clears throat> so the fact that Iran got two is amazing to me, and I feel like, you know, <laughs> like if all things were even, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think <laughs> Iran could have gotten. Iran could have maybe gotten one or two more, you know? Like, could you imagine a 6-4 scoreline for the, the second game of the World Cup? Like, that would have been awesome. So, shout out to Iran. Um, look, if you're Iranian and you're listening to this, I'll just do David and I a favor. Let us know how we can help, how we can bring awareness to what's going on. Uh, we want to help you. Uh, we love you to the public of Iran. Stay safe, but do what you need to do to first change and uh, rock on, you know. Absolutely. And Eddie, Iran, you know, definitely, I, I, I was impressed by Iran, although it was a loss. Um, I got to watch a lot of this game, and <laughs> it was just at another level, you know, for the opening game, but they still got two scored on. Iran is playing with passion, and like you said, they have way more going on. Um, I do think it's almost um, symbolic that they can, 
Yeah, the the game against the USA could be their last game potentially, but uh, you know, they would they're probably eyeballing that, saying, "Hey, like let's grind out at least a result against them." Yeah. Take it back to our people at home, and you know, like Eddie said, whatever we can do for awareness, we know it's a primarily Muslim country. Alhamdulillah, you know, that's your thing. But um, Eddie, other than that, David, um, uh, David, before we move on, uh, can, can we talk about one thing that you and I, that you asked me? Particularly during that game, didn't it seem that the goal scorer got booed or like that he was received poorly? Right? Was it the goal scorer or the captain? No, it was the the sub. Uh, so the, it was the <laughs> the first player to have spoken out. Uh, I wish I could remember his name, but he's the one that um he's he's making a. He's been in a ton of memes um, because he kind of looks like like an Iranian version of Harry Maguire. Oh, I know you. I got it. It's Mehdi Tarabi. Um, he was super open about speaking out prior even to the World Cup. Hell yeah. And during the substitution... Uh, at least in the English commentary, they brought up his speaking out and everything and, you know, how difficult it must have been. But they were like, oh, he's coming on to a warm reception. But I don't know if it's just me, but I thought there was a ton of whistles and almost like boos coming from the stands, which was pretty surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, I, Qatar. I had the, um, the Telemundo commentary on. I... I didn't hear a lot of clapping either, so that's just, I want to mention that, good for him, good for him taking the stand against uh, the Iranian regime, and uh, again, keep yourself safe, but let us know if we can help. Absolutely, and Eddie, uh, well, pretty much gloss over this one, because I don't, I don't think it was very exciting. It was more of a straightforward thing, um, kind of a letdown for the world stage. Netherlands winning 2-0 against Senegal, routine kind of win. But, Eddie, USA versus Wales, I absolutely want to talk about. Um, I know it's a draw. We said we'd cover about draws. But what's important to me here is... I predicted a USA Wales 1-1 draw. Shout out to my cousins in Guatemala. I helped build out their bracket. That's what I predicted. And as the game was progressing, because this is a game I was able to watch a lot of as well, um, I said Gareth Bell would score the equalizer uh, towards the end. The only fuck up was that I said it was going to be from a free kick, but it came from a penalty. Eddie, give me your perspective. Um... Uh, first and foremost, I want to say um, shout out to Tim Wham. Uh He's not a natural forward, but he sure finished like one. He he took a good finish. Um, but let's be honest. First off, I want to state David's not lying. He did text me Gareth Bale free kick to equalize. Turned out to be a PK. I have the receipts if y'all want to see it. Second, um, this is the problem with having MLS players in the squad. Because Walker and Zimmerman, I don't know what happened. 
Um, he must have thought he was playing Sporting KC or something or FC Dallas, because that's that's nonetheless shit. That's not um a World Cup like this game's almost over. We need to hold on and get three points type of tackle. That was like, oh, I'm playing the Seattle Sounders. What the fuck was that, David? That was a super shitty tackle, and this is this is what I think. Like, this visualized what's wrong with not just the USMNT as a team, but what's wrong with the fan base. Um, Eddie, I don't know if you've met with people who quote-unquote associate with the American Outlaws or our American Outlaws, which is the, you know, USMNT, you know, ultra group or whatever they like to call themselves. But I have I, I have as well, yes. Let's let's compare notes, shall we? Let's let's talk about this. I we are gonna spend way more time on this than I think we expected, and I'm and I am fucking okay with it. Cause Eddie, let me tell you, they talk about the USMNT like they're just one coach away, one or two key players away from winning a World Cup. But let me tell you right now, even if we eliminate football basketball, hockey, as a sport in the United States, you're not winning a World Cup. It's not culture here. It's not, you know, it's not what people try to make it seem like it is here. Now, is the game growing? I got to say, yeah, you know, it's, it's growing. And um, that's pretty much it. And... Eddie, the fact that they like to talk like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna um, we're gonna do something. I think this draw against Wales is as good as it's gonna get. Uh, Eddie, do you want to compare notes? Okay, so uh, the the couple guys I met in college uh, that are or that have at least spent time with the American Outlaws. Um, like, this one dude took his shirt off, he had, like, a big, big old USA badge, like, right over his heart, you know, and, um, they had the, like, the outlaw scarf or whatever, cool dudes, didn't want to talk much other than soccer slash football with them, uh, they did actually go to Germany 2006, though, in Brazil 2014. So, shout out to them. Uh, one dude was named Chase. <clears throat> um, but, uh, look. Let's be real. Like, can the U.S. make noise in this competition? I think so. Will they get past the... Like, if the U.S. makes it to a quarterfinal, will they beat someone in... A quarterfinal? No. Like, say, like, say they come second, right, David? And let's just say Netherlands finishes top of Group A. Because, um, the Netherlands don't have a clinical striker, I feel like the U.S. could do something if they let Gio Reyna play, which... It concerned me that Gio didn't get a cameo this game because the game was there for the taking. Um, eventually, you needed a goal, and Triple G didn't bring on Gio. 
He brought in Jordan Morris. Who Jordan Morris is okay, but he he, he doesn't see the field the way Gio sees the field. Um so look, David, I'll just I'll do it now. The the US can get to the knockouts. Canada with holding today's performance, Canada can get to the knockouts. Costa Rica's gone, unfortunately unfortunately for, for us Central Americans, our one representative is gone. And then um controversially, um I think Mexico is the only CONCACAF team well, the second CONCACAF team that's gonna go three and out. Costa Rica and Mexico to go home. Canada and the U.S. to at least make the round of 16, in my view. Fair enough. And let's uh, move on here, Eddie, so we don't spend way too much time on this sh- uh, team that just gets lucky. Uh, let's move on here to... Wait, wait, hold on, David. One question. Uh, you, as the guy who's supporting England in this tournament, any concern over Harry Kane's ankle? And then potentially uh, missing Saturday. Yeah. Uh, kind oh, Friday, of, Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday. If I were, if I were them, I would. Um, uh, I would be slightly concerned if I were English. Um, but honestly, if they're that dependent on Harry Kane, they're not going to win the World Cup because Harry Kane, he's either on the hot streak. Or he's not, and at least in regards to scoring, I'm not saying he's not playing well, because he does drop down um, from from a striker to an, to a lower um, position a lot, um, and so this is their chance to prove like we we actually deserve this versus we're being carried here. And if they can't do it in this match, I don't think they're gonna. They can sing "It's Coming Home" anytime soon. Um, really quick, I'm I'm the one who runs the pod's Twitter. So after the six two, I put up a poll. I put hashtag England fans, hashtag the Lions fans. Is it coming home or calm down? It's just one game, and it only got six votes at the time. But all six votes said um, it's it's just one game. So, right. so to be fair, they're not seeing it's coming home just yet. And side so, note, I want to put it on wax that the two times the U.S. has played England in a World Cup, they have not beat England. One nil to the U.S. in 1950, and one one in South Africa 2010. Well, we'll have to see what happens in Qatar 2020 because uh, something that happened, Eddie, and it caused a national holiday of all things. Saudi Arabia beating Argentina by surprise. (laughs) The comeback, I would say, of the tournament so far. Um, You know, you might be able to argue about it a little later, but definitely one of the biggest upsets. Um, Eddie, take it away. Um, I'm still disappointed. Um, David, uh, you've at least heard of my Argentinian friend, Mel. Um, I actually did hear from him today, the day after, um, <laughs> the, the shock. Um, and 
like I, I didn't want to talk about it, and I did give him a shout out in the YouTube video, and he was like, dude, he, he's like, I'm still processing, I'm not ready. He's like, I'll, he's like, I'll be ready to talk about it, um, if Argentina wins on Saturday. <clears throat> um, but look, uh, Argentina started off strong. They did. And then the ref gave him a bullshit penalty, which Messi put away. And then the body language just changed. It was like, oh, it's going to be easy. The ref's obviously on our side. Like, he's giving us one of these penalties where it's a handball. But because they let play continue, they call it three to four minutes later. And, it, like, you don't even remember that that shit happened. But, but actually, it's because... Someone tackled Papu Gomez down. And, like, the only one to, like, make a scene was Papu. Like, I didn't even see his Argentinian teammates, like, you know, make us think about it. And then, like, at the next free kick, the rest like, oh, like, I'm going to go to war. You know? Yeah. But, look, <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like a hater because I'm, cause I'm out here supporting Argentina. Like, this is this is the stuff people are gonna talk about forever. I'm gonna go ahead and call it. We're only twenty two years into this century and I'm probably gonna die like way before the century is over. But this is gonna be the upset of the century. Like like say say like um let's say India beats <laughs> uh champion Germany one day in a World Cup. <laughs> like they're, they're still gonna be like Hey, remember in 2022 when Saudi Arabia beat Argentina? Like, like, how old is, how old is Mateo, David? He's three? He's two. He's two. Okay. So, let's fast forward 12 years to when he's 14, right? You did. When you were two years old, Saudi Arabia beat, beat Argentina. Like, kids are going to hear about this and be like, damn, I wish I was alive for that. Especially because the Saudi Arabian goals were really, really good. Like, yeah, they're really lucky the first one takes his life deflection, but I think it would still on target anyway, you know? And then the second one, David, the second one, the only, the only thing the Saudi Arabian player should be worried about is that he did it so early in the tournament, people may forget about how good this goal is, because more clutch goals will be scored, you know. But yeah. like that should be goal of the tournament. Like not just right now, but no question that's a contender. I also want to say that I've been looking into him a little bit, David, and he's supposed to be the best player in this region of the world. That chose not to go to Europe. Like there were apparently teams. That um, one of these services in Europe, like lower Premier League sides, championship sides, and he, he's like, "No, I'm making good money in Saudi Arabia. My family's here." So, out of all the players in this region of the world that stayed in this region of the world, he's supposedly the best one. So, it, knowing that now, it doesn't seem like a lucky hit. It feels like he like he does this shit, you know? Like that's genuinely him. 
Yeah, Eddie, I think that's definitely good praise. Um, you know, Mexico and Poland drawing it out nil-nil, put Saudi Arabia top of the group and Argentina last. Just something to digest on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mexico, if Mexico had a striker like a Cuauhtemo, a Luis Hernandez, even a Chicharito, they win that. They could have, uh, you know, same. You, you can make the same argument for Denmark if they had a marksman. Uh, they would have put a few past Tunisia. But what I really want to talk about, Eddie, is the French comeback after you know Australia took a really early lead against them. Four will four one. Sorry, is the final scoreline. Olivier Giroud with a brace, you know, tying Thierry Henry as uh, the top goal scorer for France. Uh, you could probably take that over, uh, you know, quite easily if you ask me. But uh, Kylian Mbappe and Adrian Rabiot scoring the other two. What do you, what did you think of this game? First off, David, let's start there. Like Olivier Giroud is more of a hold the ball, win play type of guy. At least with France, you know? Like, that was his role in 2018, was to hold the ball, make sure no one takes it off him, and uh, make the pass to Killian, Killian, Killian Pogba, and Griezmann will do the scoring, right? right. So the fact that Olivier Giroud has tied Thierry Henry, like, it, it doesn't seem to compute, but it, it also kind of does, just because he's been quality for so long. Eddie, let me throw this fact at you that will probably make it harder to compute. Did you know Olivier Giroud did not make his full French debut until he was 25? Did, isn't he like 34? He is, Eddie, because you know me, I do not, I am not a liar, because then it'll come back and haunt you. Olivier Giroud is 36 years old, my friend. Okay, okay, so 11 years, 50, what is it, 51 goals, 57 goals? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I know it's in the 50s. 51. Yeah. Um, that, it's just amazing. I, you know, Olivier seems like such a chill dude. Um, I really hope he, he, like, blasts the record. And that's coming from someone who really loves Terry Henry. So that's... I, I didn't think I'd be saying that, to be honest. But, David, let me ask you a question, right? Okay. Pretend we're blood-related and, uh... Like, we get the honor of representing our country at the World Cup. And, you know, I started while you're on the bench. We play a similar position. And remember, like, in this scenario, you're my blood brother. And you see me blow out my, my, my ACL. <laughs> like, what, like, what would you say? Like, how would you feel? Are we playing on the same team? <laughs> yeah, same team. Uh, like, yeah, I would be I would be devastated if we're playing on the same team. If you were on the other team, I'd spit at you and say that's what you deserve. No, well, look, because Leo Hernandez on on the first Australian goal, he like he tries to reach out and poke the ball away, and just blows out his his 
his um his ACL, and then his brother has to come on for him. <laughs> like that's fuck. That's wild to me. <laughs> that that is pretty wild, and honestly, I think that's also like a. I would also spit at you and say you were never good enough to start. I should have been the starter. So it's, I'm kind of conflicted at this point. So I'm not really sure how I would take it, Eddie, if that was uh, if we were blood brothers and we debuted for our national team at the World Cup. Um, but, Eddie, with that said, Morocco and Croatia pretty much put a boar fest on for a nil-nil. Uh, the next great surprise, Eddie, which I know... I know you were super excited about Germany going down to Japan 1-2. You know, obviously Japan scoring the two uh, through Rizzo Doan and Takuma Asano. Eddie, how good were you feeling after this game? Dude, when, when okay, because Japan actually scored one in the first half that got called back for offside, and it was rightfully offside. You know what I mean? But, like, when he scored that one, I was going crazy. And it was, like, 5, 15 in the morning, and I'm trying not to be too loud. So when Japan actually scored two goals at Kelly, I was like, like I, I, I even texted you, like, fuck, I was like, fuck, screw. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, screw's good. <laughs> but... Just amazing. And, and you know what, David? <clears throat> this is carryover for both teams from the last World Cup. I know the squads are different, but let's keep in mind, Japan almost did this to Belgium in the knockout rounds. You know, but they were looking for the winners so much that Japan got counted themselves. So... Did Japan learn its lesson and learn when exactly to come, do you think? I think it's a, a good theory, Eddie. Um, well taken goals, you know, based on the run of play. Um, but, Eddie, let me ask you this. Do you think maybe the true issue is that... Uh, Japan just weren't confident, and the confidence was instilled in them. It, it's, it's very much possible. Like, I feel like Japanese players work hard, and they listen, and they actually, like, take in what their manager says. Like, I'm sure all players do, right? But, like, I think they take it to heart. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, I just gotta execute, you know? But, David, as long as we're talking about Japan, um, I did mention him in the shout-out. Um, in the YouTube video, I gave him a shout-out, but I want to give somebody the proper flowers. The Japanese goalkeeper, I, w- I want to get the name right here, one sec. Ganda. So I said in the YouTube video because it's true that he he himself had to give away the penalty. Like his defense was beaten, like he had no other choice. And you know, okay, Gundogan being class scores because he's a class player. So I just want to give 
out flowers to Glenda because he didn't lower his head, you know, as a lot of players would, giving away a penalty. And, you know, he just made save after save. Like, at one point, David, in the 69th minute, he makes one save. The ball kind of, like, rolls around in the box, makes another one. They kind of attempt to clear it and fail, and then automatically is forced into a double into a double save like immediately. So he made four saves in like less than forty five seconds, you know. And and on on like any other day, like you couldn't blame him for being beaten, but like he he kept his head up high. He he knew his boys had his back. And he, he made save after save. Like, I, I saw people on Twitter say, like, the Japanese goalkeeper's out here fighting for his life. But, David, I, I do have a question for you. Okay. So, going back to the last World Cup, Mexico beat Germany 1-0 in the opening game. The second game, Germany got by Sweden at, at the death. And then the third game, South Korea eliminated them from the World Cup. Last time around, people decide champions curse, it happens. But, David, if Spain beat Germany on Sunday, that would be back-to-back World Cups where the Germans are out at the very beginning. What does that mean? Well, Eddie, you're also banking on Japan taking the result from, you know, both Spain and Costa Rica. <laughs> who, although, you know, we'll, we'll touch on Costa Rica later, but I also believe that, um, or at least I would hope that Costa Rica would believe that looking at this group, they would have said, hey, we have to take an L against one of the European giants, hope for a draw against the other giant and they win versus Japan. And two losses to Japan could mean they get, you know, eliminated, uh, leaving the door open for a win and a draw for Germany and Costa Rica. If anything, two wins for Germany. So I don't think we should jump the gun yet, Eddie. Um, Opening opening. Bro, um, with this metaphorical gun, like, I'm, 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 I've got it pointed at the Germans, bro. <laughs> you know, call, call me, uh, call me into the Allies pull, pulling up to a, a concentration camp. Like, I'm, I'm locked and loaded. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ready to see the Germans gone. I think if Japan beat Costa Rica, then, you know. That will obviously it will eliminate them, but we're also I I think we're just asking a lot of Japan and nah, I take that back. I think I'm asking a lot of Costa Rica because Costa Rica is the one that's you are you are yeah, it's basically murder. Let's just jump into it, Eddie. Let's talk about hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on. The referee for the Germany Japan game is Salvi. So, I just want to give him props for doing a good job and not being the story. We can't get to the World Cup because we suck, but we can show sure up at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you guys, 
made sure that the Nazis lost. So, well done. <laughs> but um, oh, fuck, we should, no, um, we're, I think we're popular in Germany. I'm sorry. No, that, I think this is the only time you'll get an apology from me. I'm from the spot because um, we're actually. I think we're popular in Germany, right? Like that's what, a place we actually get like you know numbers from. God damn it! David ruining our international dollars. God damn it. Anyway, let's jump in the same way that I just massacred our whole Germany demographic. Let's talk about Kaylor massacre. Kaylor Navas's massacre versus Spain. 7-0. Um, dude, like, Spain put on a fucking clinic. Um, so many goals and, you know, some pretty solid goals. Gavi becoming the youngest goal scorer at a World Cup since uh, Pele. Although he's about a year older, it's still super fucking impressive. It hasn't been, even been close to being touched until Gavi. Um, Eddie, what do you what do you say? You say Dico uh, should just start packing now? Uh, yeah. Look, para mis hermanos Ticos, gracias por llegar al mundial. Pero preparen las maletas porque ya se vienen para casa. Like it was it was bad, dude. It was pretty much like. From the opening whistle, like, obviously, we all know Spain is better, but I'm, I wasn't expecting seven, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm, I just, I felt so bad for Caleb because it's like, he had four bodies in front of him, but they didn't know how to defend. <laughs> Dude, that shit was horrible, and Eddie, yeah, I think, um, Something that I do want to highlight here is your boy Ferran Torres with the brace. Are you gonna put a little bit more respect on his name now? <laughs> um, okay, let's be real here. Ferran is facing a bit of pressure, A, because Spain is good, and B, because people like to joke around that he's there, because Luis Enrique is basically his father-in-law, so he, he does have to perform, you uh, know? Eddie, do you ever feel like maybe you're just a hater? Oh, I, I'm absolutely a hater. I hate Germany for beating Argentina in 2006 and 2014. Like, let's be real. The Germans are great at football, but I hate them. I'm a hater. I'm specifically a sports hater. I just wanted to verify the fact that I already knew here, Eddie. But um, just so that we don't have to, you know, really drive this point home. Let's talk about the game that holds the future of your hair in its grasp. Belgium beating Canada 1-0 after the Drake curse lives up to his reputation. Alfonso Davis uh, missing the penalty. Take it away, my sweet prince. Okay, look. To be fair, <clears throat> Canada had so many chances. Um... <laughs> Canadian fans, please verify something for me. I don't know if this is a rumor or if this is facts, but I hear that Alfonso Davies isn't the regular penalty sacred for Canada. If that is true, why are you stepping up? Like, that's... 
Okay, so, um, David, where would you rate Coutois as far as top keepers go currently? Currently? Currently, uh, yes. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's probably top three. So why are you stepping up between a top three keeper if you're not the regular penalty taker? And it's not just that. Like, Canada had hell of shots. Um... <laughs> Belgium came more into the game in the second half, but in the first half, it was all Canada, but they just they couldn't hit the target, and then whenever they got something cooking that didn't work out, it's because the Belgians cut out that final ball. You know that ball that's like, oh, that's a goal? Like, Belgium did a great job of, like, preventing that ball. So, Canada, I still believe in you. Alfonso, don't take any more pictures with Drake, please. My hair depends on the Alfonso. And, go. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, David. The very few times Kevin got the ball in space, I was shaming myself. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then it turns out that it was like Vertonghen that hits a, a freaking long ball. To Mushi Batshuayi, and that was the one deal. Oh, and wow. shout out to KDB, and here's why. <laughs> because KDB ended up being man awarded man in the match. This up. I'm glad you brought this up. Go ahead. Take it away, dude. Take it away, take it away. No, I was going to say, yeah. He ended up winning the man of the match, got the trophy or whatever, and he was like, uh, I don't think I deserve this, but thanks. He's like, whatever, like, I don't know. Uh, now, I think that's fucking amazing. <laughs> we all know Kevin DeBrayne's class. Like I said, I was shooting the brakes anytime he got the ball in space because I know what he can do. But especially in the first half, Belgium were just so defensive. Like, Vitzel was basically in the back line. Tillemans was like, Tillemans became the defensive midfielder. And, like, you can see Kevin, like, begging him, like, come up, like, help me get the ball. And, like, they were just like, no, nah, dude, Canada's winning all over. It was like, we can't, we can't afford to get scored on by Canadians. And Canada, just please save my hair. <laughs> That's it. And, Eddie, the stage is set for a time of recording <laughs> tomorrow. Switzerland taking on Cameroon, uh, Uruguay, South Korea, Portugal, Ghana, Brazil, Serbia. But because I don't want to get into the whole cheesy prediction thing, otherwise the Dark Horses are going to win. Um, but I do want to get into the Portugal side because Cristiano Ronaldo and his drama. Let's close this out with that. Uh, he dropped an interview with Pierce Morgan, um, dropping some bombs. Some of the shit, I'm like, all right, you know, I can agree with that. I shared with you, Eddie, that I used to look at um, Antonio Valencia's post while he was at Manchester United of him being in the gym and thinking, damn, that looks like a place I can get a membership at and not like some high-class facility um, out in England. Eddie, what do you think, man? Um, what are your thoughts on the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, you know, drama and, Eddie, the fact that it's official. His contract with Manchester United has been terminated. He's a free agent. It's it's sad, but it's necessary. It's sad because 
when a, a legend returns to a club, like I've I've had the fortune of seeing Carlos Tevez come back to Boca, Riquelme come back to Boca, Martin Palermo come back to Boca after a failed stint in Spain. Like you get this sort of nostalgia pop, and you know, um, Riquelme was part of the team that won Boca's last Copa Libertadores. Um, Carlitos tried his best, but you know he could never get it done. But ask any Boca Juniors fan, like you'll never hear a bad word come out about Carlitos and Riquelme as players. And that's what I wanted for Manchester United fans, you know. And it's just it's sad that it doesn't happen. Like Ronaldo does have a point. Like it does seem that it's not just him bitching and moaning. Like the club hasn't progressed in certain areas that are key to success today. So, um, but did you handle this the right way? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, no, like, Piers Morgan is not your friend. Piers Morgan shouldn't be anybody's friend, to be honest. Right. So, so this is sad. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> with that, Eddie. Uh, a sad scenario. Um, but... It is what it is, Eddie. It's been a super fun episode to record with the fun of the World Cup. Um, again, we said it at the top of the show, and I really encourage everybody to check it out. It is Eddie Solo reviewing every match day, being uploaded to the official From the Spot YouTube page, which you can find in our link tree. Um, other stuff you can find in our link tree, because... Sometimes I feel we don't we don't cover it enough. There's many things you can find in our link tree. It's our official YouTube channel, our official Fantasy Premier League, um, our official Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find the link to reach us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our Anchor FM page. Um, Eddie, what do you want to add to that? Um, thank you, guys. Please subscribe to the YouTube. Comment, subscribe. I promise I'll learn how to edit. <laughs> I'll learn how to add graphics. If you guys comment and subscribe, if not, I'm just going to put up the raw audio video like I've been doing. But if you guys subscribe and leave comments, I will improve the technique. Um, I enjoy doing this. I love you guys. Vamos Uruguay. Vamos Ecuador. Vamos Argentina. Like, just just don't let a European team win the World Cup, please. Vamos Brazil, like, please. Like, I just, I just want to see a Latin American country win it, please. I think, do, I think we're doing a South American champion. Uh, it's been long enough, that's for sure. For sure. But, uh, David, I'll catch you guys later, and goodbye. Yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. Dubai. Mm-hmm.